Good day everyone, my name is Taiwo Oriolua Shobowale and I welcome you all to the podcast where knowledge lands. And I'm not here all by myself, I have with me my amazing co-host Victor Okrushes. Good day everyone, welcome to the podcast where knowledge lands. And today, our very first episode, we have with us a wonderful guest, um, a man by excellence, a leader by excellence, a quintessential versatile <laughs> man, the Honorable Kendi Shugule. You're welcome, sir. You're welcome, sir. Yeah, good morning. It's, it's exciting to be with you, and I think we're going to have a good peace session. Yes, and thank you for joining us on this um, episode. We know how tight your schedule is, but we are honored to have you here on our podcast where knowledge leads so um to our dear listeners our topic for today is unemployment and ways to solve all employment and trust me we're going to have an insightful session with honorable kendi shogunle so sir we actually picked this topic because um the rate of unemployment in nigeria is really alarming and according to an article published by Bloomberg, it says that they say that Nigerian unemployment rate rises to 33%, making Nigeria second highest on global list. And there is this um, controversy about the rate of unemployment. The youth are saying that it's the responsibility of the government, and the government are saying that the youth are lazy Nigerian youth. So we would want you to um, clarify the state of unemployment and would want to learn from you, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, we all agree that there is unemployment. Uh, the rate is high. Whether it is 33 or 33, whether it's 70 or 60, it's not an issue. But the fact that everybody knows around us that there is unemployment. People are not working to capacity. People that are able and willing to work not have access to work that's available for them to work, meaningful work. Okay. And so that's really the, the challenge. And I think um, we should dive into um, seeing what is causing that and then how can we solve that problem. Okay. Um, most of the time what you see that people jump at um, throwing jump, jump at things, people throw the uh, throw the button. Okay, like you said, uh, it's government that is not creating jobs. The other people are saying these people are not skilled enough. But we need to understand the underlying factors. Okay. We need to do a proper analysis of the situation to be able to, be able to give or provide solutions. Uh, like we do in the resources, look at challenges, identify the opportunities there, and we create solutions around that. And that is what, why, why I think that that's the way the approach we need to get. The problem is the deeper, the, and we need to appreciate that on both parts, on the side of government side of um, uh, not only government, the side of all the stakeholders uh, involved, government, parents, uh, the, the, the people themselves, and even the businessmen, so that we can all work together towards uh, solving this problem. Uh, and this is really, really a global problem. Uh, global problem in the sense that it's probably most places, but it's not that the decrease are not as much as we are having in Nigeria, Nigeria. according to the report that you gave. Um, but countries are taking proactive steps to address this challenge. It is not a good for not just it's not sustainable for an entity for a country to have people, not necessarily young people, people who are willing and able to work and are not getting work. This stops the whole cycle of economics and the whole cycle of development itself. And that is why we need to start working on that. So, in the state of unemployment, are you saying that? Um, 
there is nobody to be blamed for it. Not government. It's, it's not about blame not shifting. I don't want okay. to make, talk about blame, but okay. I need to talk about responsibility. We all have a role. We all have a responsibility to play in this in this game. It's not about who is doing what is not doing. There may have been gaps on one side or the other. Everybody who has a gap in it. So I'm probably when I analyze it, you will see we have gaps here and there. Uh, and then all you need to do is to see how we can address those gaps and work together to make sure that we, we improve the situation. We cannot eradicate the situation, but we can improve and then we measure it to see how we are improving so that we can continue to take proactive steps to address the situation. Okay, sir. Um, what are these gaps? What are the causes, okay. the main causes of unemployment? Thank you, thank you very much. You see, there are, there are dimensions to The first thing is that for employment to happen, be a thriving economy. There must be a basis for employment. If the economy is not thriving, if the model of the economy has not been well defined, then people cannot be employed. What constitutes a thriving economy? What and in Nigeria, what what we don't depend on? Our main source of revenue, major source of revenue is oil. There are other things are ancillary to oil. Uh, it's supposed to be agriculture, there's supposed to be ICT, there's supposed to be entertainment, there's supposed to be manufacturing, there's supposed to be tourism. But because of one that's main source that is not well managed, the necessary infrastructure that is supposed to support the active functioning of all the other sectors is not well done. Uh, there's a process that is not, not well done, particularly energy, power. Uh, the cost of power is very, very high. Uh, so, so the, 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 the refineries are not working very well, the, the power stations are not working very well, we have not defined alternative sources of power, uh, whether renewable energy, all of that, so we've not really defined that, so people are spending so much money on generators and all of that, and so because of that, the cost of doing business is high, and if the cost of doing business is high, what do you do? Do you then, and you don't, people just struggle to survive, and you see a lot of organizations that are dependent on, are really dependent on power. And we have not fixed that. So what they are they look for other conditions, other favorable areas where the conditions are right. Now you see a lot of manufacturing companies of manufacturing um, outlets moving from Nigeria to other countries. So when they move, the opportunity to generate them, to move to, to give people employment goes down. So that is really one of the fundamental conditions. And most of our entities that are supposed to actually be uh, provi- providing those conditions are not working very very well. And then uh, states don't see their responsibility to, to, to provide the necessary conditions. They try, they do what they do, do roads, but there's little, little they can do around power. They can do power, power too, but they are, I don't make it, I need to make it the right investments. There are also people don't have the private sector that are supposed to play. They play, but it's sufficient. And it's government providing the necessary you know, framework, agenda that will allow both private sector players and them working together as public private partnerships to address the challenges. Is it working? So when those things are not there, the conditions are not there, then the, those jobs that we're talking about, the employment that we're trying to talk about, we cannot thrive. There is still a little bit. There are some sectors that are, like particularly banking and telecoms are still uh, thriving. Even right now with the depending resources from oil, you see that that is scaling down. So every, but all, all the other things we then do are very fair activities. Agriculture that we're talking about, we, Okay, we produce how much of agri processing do we do? How many people want to work in that level of raw material production? But processing is where a lot of action is. So you see that businesses that can generate a lot of employment are not active enough. 
because of the prevailing conditions. When that happens, and then there is what we call services. Services are the things that we glue that connects production with consumption. So, and if those production is not happening very well, services cannot thrive. So, then if services are not thriving, they cannot employ people. So, at the end of the day, you see all those pressures pushing employment down. Those are the, that's one part. So, and you see in that spectrum, a lot of people are playing at that level of the condition. Government has a role to play, private sector has a role to play, the manufacturers have a role to play. But we are working towards, not working towards it. Then there's also what we call the prevailing political condition. There's insecurity. Insecurity, kidnapping, and going there and there, attacks there and there. So you find that people are also reducing their scale. They are also restricting their activities. So which one they do? They, 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 are, they are not very aggressive at the markets that they are going to approach because they don't know the security situation that they want to find there. So when that is not happening, why can there be unemployment? But with, given that also, there are many opportunities with that. We are seeing a lot of um, um, increment in digital activities. Telecoms is doing very well. The, the COVID-19 environment has, allowed, has shown that a lot of people can do a lot of things digitally. But is the infrastructure to support digital uh, activity? Is it there? So, so that's on the government side. That's on the but it's not really but everybody plays in it. So government needs to lead the child true true. But even when the government is not leading, the private sector, people want to really play a lot of things can come together and say, look, let us begin to address these problems. And they can if they want to, if they really want to. There may be some constraints there, but they can. But that is that's on the first on the on the on what I call the first side of the conditions that support employment. There are other conditions. The other condition, which is on the what I call this on the supply side, is that our educational institutions that are supposed to supply and all the other people who provide competence. That would, and the essence of competence, education and competence is not just to get it for knowledge sake, it's to apply it. And the only application you can get is through work. So if those and then those one, apart from the fact that they may not be functioning optimally. What they are doing, the content they are actually creating, is irrelevant to this day and age. So we also see that drag also happening because um, we, we develop, we say we are developing, we develop, we certificate people, not give them skills. And there's no no process, no, no divine, even the pro- that process is not well defined where people can actually get skills. So in the area of that kind of supply, you begin to see that there are quite a lot of people who leave school, who desire work. Who are not even prepared enough to act to, for the opportunities that are available, uh, or even create the opportunities themselves. Because sometimes they may think that if they are skilled enough or competent enough, they can. If, if they don't get opportunities, they should be able to also utilize their knowledge and skills to create opportunities. But how, how much of our people are oriented towards creating those opportunities? So, so I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the major complaints from employers is the fact that oh Nigerian graduates, young people are not even employable. What can we do to mitigate this issue of unemployability? It is so it is first of all is to recognize that employability is a function of competence skills. What can you do? So that so the the, the, the other side of true that I say that youth are not have they defined even the skills that they require very well? So for most most people, 
just ask for generic skills. It's the only way you get that. I begin to say you need to do so. So the employers themselves, to the private sector, the, the, the demand side, to have to specify clearly the skills that are required to do jobs. The skills that are required before to, do, to perform tasks are different from the skills that are required now. Well, like because I said, there's a new age that we have now, there's a digital age that we have now. And so, and what every enterprise is looking for is efficiency and effectiveness. So, in order to be efficient and effective, take into consideration what affects the new age, which is technology. They need to also define the skills requirement in line with technology competencies. The way people do marketing before is a slap on the streets. And what the company needs is go to the street and see people that you can meet. But today, you can use digital marketing. Do our employers know that that is required? The way people do accounting before is keeping ledgers. And we train the schools, the students train the people on keeping ledgers. But today, you use technology to keep records, to keep accounts. And the employers, a lot of employers know that that is important. So that uh, they need specify that, and then the schools begin to teach that. So if those things are not well specified, you realize that they will say there is a mismatch. Yeah, and a, and a lot of them are not even, they have not adapted. Most companies have not adapted. A lot of them are still largely underutilizing technology. So, so they can't be that effective. And so when they can't be effective, when they are not um, optimizing themselves, the business level goes down and then they can't employ. So it's a chicken and egg situation. But if you quickly adapt to technology, you define a framework we call it digital transformation then you can see the need because you are covering a larger market that you that will be within your locality then you can begin to look at people who have those skills and really there's not people say there are no skills people are who are no skills a lot of our people are getting adapted to using technology and having the skills sometimes this is this are not defined it will be just an initiative Part of the person rather than something that is demanded by the system, yes, not structure. Sorry, sorry to cut you in, sir. Talking about um, lab, um, the labor supply, mm-hmm. I mean, the institutions themselves, are they aware of the skills that is relevant in this new age? Uh, that is one major problem. We are still running the same curriculum, we are still because running the same uh, courses, and, and things have changed in the past five years or ten years. A lot of things have changed. Yeah. And um, even if um, students themselves feel like, okay, if they've identified the skills that are relevant in this um, new age, and then they feel like, okay, well, I can actually, this is what I can do during my leisure time, will the um, system itself allow them to... The system allows because for- for every every Nigerian um, graduate or every Nigerian undergraduate would say that okay, well, I have classes from Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. nine to five. I have assignments. I have a oh, I have a workload to do in school. Where will I get the time to um, to um, acquire the skills that are relevant? Is it, those relevant skills can also be applied in education itself. How so? So unfortunately, our our the delivery of educational system is still also largely in the old. The classes and all that. Today, a lot of these classes can be done online. So, a lot of them, a lot of them can be done online. Tests can be done online. I'm not saying that the guys are not. They can. We have something called blended learning. 
So the skills so that if, if, so the online classes because <laughs> this um, so-called system we still have the old um I don't want to say old lecturers. I don't want to put it that way. We have lecturers that they are not even they, are, they don't even know how to um the new technology. So how would they cope with the um new age? I mean they, will the cope. they have to recognize that. You see, that's what is going to happen. Is that people, they may, see, that's what is going, this is going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of, a, a, a lot of disruption is happening everywhere. And a lot of, it has that everywhere, everywhere. This COVID-19 has actually, that, that has actually shown a lot of that. And that the reality is that they, if, if people cannot get value from the traditional institutions, or the, they, not, they will look for other ways of getting value. Because even and that's really happening now. You see, um, on the, on the internet, uh, uh, some some platforms are already saying Look, these are in-demand skills that you can come and even acquire them. And if some people get those certifications, then when the players see that those in-demand skills have been acquired and people have those skills, and those are relevant to them, they may not wait for your degree. If I have even asked some people that are already saying now that they would prefer to start working with young people who are even just leaving secondary school or just about leaving secondary school who have acquired some skills that are waiting for graduates mm-hmm. and that when they have that opportunity they want they can take them as interns and while they are they can they can they take them and while they are even after education they can then still continue to work for them so it then begins to put a pressure on people's demand for they will still demand education because they want to get that was already for the skills they get it through other means. A lot of people are going to be opting for part-time rather than full-time and remote work. So part-time so this remote work and all of that. And you can see that that is going to put so it's just for the that's going to begin to be the nature of the future of work. And with that and even the good thing the opportunity around that is as we're talking about all of this is that as people as those things are happening, that geography for work then goes beyond the domain, the country. If you have skills that are, that are acceptable globally, you can actually be in education and get work somewhere else. That is what the labor supplier has to begin to look at. That's why the, the unemployed or the, the, the future employee has to be thinking about that. Look, how can I, even the constraints of the system that I'm operating, acquire the skills that will make me a globally acceptable worker? That can now explore all the possibilities. So it's not going to be whether you are in Nigeria or not in Nigeria. It's going to be am I good enough for the world? So that's on the supply side. That realization has to happen from the people on this other side. On the demand side also, they are also going to be whether whatever the geography are going to be. And that's happening. The pressure is coming. People are also actually serving this market from other areas. I remember I checked the product online one day. Check the provider, check the something the product. And the following day, you know what? I got a call from hosting saying that we saw you checking this thing online. Are you interested? <laughs> Do you want to buy it? A lot of people today are buying goods off uh, Alibaba, off uh, Amazon, all of that. Who are they competing with? So they are competing with the markets that are here. Those markets that are here, they are not going to be fulfilling those orders because people are not demanding from them. You can't, so what is happening? Those people never employ people. Yeah. Well, Alibaba can service you from anywhere. Most of you that are driving will have done things like that before. So so the market is getting global, the demand is getting global. 
the supply must also get over. <laughs> so, when we talk on employment, it comes from a new reality, particularly among the educated people. That look, my education, am I complementary with global awareness? And then the business myself, the person must begin to say, am I preparing myself for global relevance? Then the, what comes inside it to make it a lot more interesting is a, is a, is a market that matches those skills. Those things I imagine is a, is, a, is a system, is a platform that matches those who have the skills and those who need the skills. And so that is where the platforms uh, come into it. And there are a lot of platforms that are available where if you, if you have yourself up to that stage and you need people, you can get it there. So, like I said, I don't want to see it as a big problem, as a problem. It's a problem really, but it's a question of knowledge. That is where I like the topic, the, the, the topic which is where knowledge leads. If people don't know that, have that knowledge, that look, irrespective of the situation we find out in our country, within the limits of the constraints of that problem, problem, we can create an opportunity. And like, luckily now, luckily now for everybody, the phone has become a good way to access both the competence and the opportunity. For a lot of our people, they spend, invest so much in that device. Or they get maximizing the use of that for their so you see somebody looking for a work still sending a CV. Well, what he needs to do is to have a profile on the profile form, updates regularly, and then makes it I'm available for work. And those who want to give him work, does what they just begin to pick him and begins to tag them, follow the people, the opportunities are available, and follow them and make sure that he connects with them. So the, the reality of work is changing, the reality of employment is changing. What we are just saying, and now what we as an organization and new resources and we are driving at this time is that we must begin to look for new employment and better employment. New employment. So bring and better employment. Irrespective of the constraints we have here. Just in the, another mind shift and say, am I prepared for the new employment? Now preparing for a better employment. New is that new opportunities everywhere. I see this what you talk about remote working and all of that. It's all possible. A lot of work can you know, even today, food can is being supplied. Have you? Yes. The, the, the model for restaurants before has been come to my restaurant. Have you? Yes. But what's the model now? I'll food to you. The model of a fashion before has been okay, come to my shop. It is now. I'll produce the thing, I'm going to, you don't even need to have a big shop, you do the sewing and put it on a platform and people see it there and say, I like this thing. So, so that's why I'm talking about the other side, saying that digital transformation is happening on the demand side. Our businesses, under, they don't understand enough those things that need to happen to them to be able to create opportunities for themselves. So that's on the demand side. On the supply side, they also have that. So we can also go, get into a digital marketplace. And that is the way I think the world has to is going. And we, but whether here or anywhere, has to prepare for. Alright, thank you so much, sir. I must say that it has been an um, insightful session with you. And I know that the state of unemployment is not something that we can discuss in 20, 30 minutes. But I don't know if um, Victor has um, any questions to ask him. Well, um, sir, on the issue of, um, you mentioned something about the economy. What are the what are the things you can actually do aside the things that the government is doing currently to bolster the Nigerian economy? 
one is to begin to explore that there are many economies that can have we have been focusing on a few limited economies to recognize that they are very it's one economy but we can have some components of that economy and be preparing people for those economies first of all we have the oil industry we have the, we have the, we have the, we have the banking they call them sectors, but for me, I'm glad to call them economic because when you call them sectors, you begin to put them under one umbrella. But each one, if you expand it very well, there's a value chain from production to consumption. So our people need to analyze each of those economies. I think we have identified what that green economy, creative economy, and all of that. We have we have confused, we have also put all of them together too much. Let us begin to separate and analyze them and we begin to see more opportunities to do things in them and create value and create value for them so, so that when people see how more opportunities to create value they will have more opportunities to generate employment thank you so much sir. that that's that's like a whole new topic for us right now we'll be glad to have you some other time to talk about it and to our dear listeners if you have any questions regarding this conversation you can send in your question to our mail info at leadresources.com.ng and on Instagram, Lead Resources NG. The same with our Twitter account, Lead Resources NG. And you can follow us on LinkedIn at Lead Resources. Also, there will be more detailed conversation coming up on Clubhouse by 3 p.m. on Friday. Just do a search for Nerds and Geeks and you'll be tuned right in. Please don't miss it for anything. Until next time, bye bye.